we've got spirit yes we do we've got spirit how about you i remember the first time that i was part of that cheer as a young high school student my team was playing the other team we were the visitors and we began the cheer of we've got spirit and when we asked the other uh, the other side the other team if they had spirit Oh, they had spirit. And eventually, that cheer goes back and forth. We've got spirit. Yes, we do. We've got spirit. How about you? Back and forth, back and forth. Till eventually somebody goes, we've got more. We've got more. We've got more. And uh, I noticed the other side just had more. <laughs> they were one of the football game, too, and all that. Oh, my goodness. Having spirit. Hmm. Having God's Holy Spirit. It's a great thing. It's, it's a good thing when you muster up some, some human spirit and you have some wherewithal and some grit and determination. Uh, it's, it's a whole other thing to be blessed with the favor, the presence, the wisdom, the bounty of the very spirit of the living God. Here's the purpose of the message today because everyday faith in the day of Pentecost, you are intended to have the Spirit of God. Not just dismiss it, not simply to be aware of it. You are intended to have and embrace and receive the very Holy Spirit that God sends into our lives. Hear the word of the Lord from Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, and suddenly the sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated, that came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled. As the day of Pentecost came that first moment, know that it was deeply intended from the very foundations of creation. Just as we look at the celebration of, of Christmas, of Advent, of the incarnation, that the Son of God showed up, and we celebrate that and are aware of that, just as we're incredibly aware from the foundations of creation that Good Friday, the cross, the crucifixion needed to happen and that Easter Sunday, the resurrection, the victory over death and sin needed to happen. So does Pentecost need to happen and was intended to happen. It is on par with those other movements of how God works in the lives of his people. So Pentecost means this. Pentecost is 50. It's it's. 50 days from Passover. It was a, a festival that the Jewish people celebrated. They would look at the harvest, particularly the, the wheat harvest, and they go, yeah, the wheat's here, right, right. And, and also, they're looking at the fact that God gave the law to Moses. God gave uh, the Ten Commandments to the people of God for them to have an understanding of what it meant to walk and be in covenant relationship with God. And thus, the gift of God's Holy Spirit falls on them in this celebratory 
festival kind of moment when they are remembering the deep and blessed covenant that they have with God. And the immediate result of God's Holy Spirit showing up is that 3,000 people were baptized that day. And there were just 120 people that were present in that upper room. Talk, talk about uh, exponential growth. Uh, God's timing. So Penta is five, 50 days after the time of the death and then the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And Acts 1-3 tells us that Jesus had spent up to 40 days with his disciples after the resurrection before he was ascended into heaven. And then he instructs them, now you go into Jerusalem and wait. And while they waited, they prayed. They had a 10-day period of time that they waited and prayed. And thousands of people would be visiting Jerusalem from all over the world. Now, here, here again, the word of the Lord. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard, oh, this is so key, their own language. We're gonna key in on that being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't these individuals who are speaking Galilean? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own language? And I'm gonna speak these particular languages out. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, the residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, uh, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans, those Cretans, those crazy Cretans too, and Arabs. They didn't really, the Cretans kind of had a bad rap. Um, and the Arabs were, were, were here, them declaring the wonders of God in our own language. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun and said, ah, they've had too much wine. <laughs> uh, uh, they didn't think the Holy Spirit had fell. They thought they'd been filled with the spirits. Uh, so a couple of years ago, I went into the grocery store just across the way. It was uh, early Sunday morning, and I, I bought one of those little $1 adult beverage things that they sell on, on the way out. And what I was doing was I was making a temptation hat and I was using that as a sermon illustration. So I'm gonna buy that and put that on a little string among some other little things in, in front of me. And the, the clerk checking me out says, so uh, you need a little liquid courage this morning, Pastor Jim? <laughs> uh, it's like, hey, you need, you need you, some spirits, you know. It's, it's something because there are times when people get a little a little sideways with alcohol we call that spirits about you but what you really want is the holy spirit because the holy spirit will enable you to do things that you could never do on your own you'll be courageous you'll be filled with gifts you'll have fruits and you'll have abundance in your life when you're filled with god's spirit well god sent off some fireworks on pentecost that caught everyone's attention and there are symbols that are used. One, the first is that of a mighty wind. In Hebrew and Greek, the word that is translated wind is also translated breath, is also translated spirit. Those are interchangeable kinds of words, wind, breath, spirit. God breathed spirit into humanity upon creation. The wind of God was breathed into the human form. In John 3, 8, the conversation Jesus has with Nicodemus, it says, the wind blows where it pleases. Thus it is with the spirit. And everybody, everyone who has a physical birth also needs to have a spiritual birth. 
And I've been taken up with the language that some of my friends are using. Instead of saying the Holy Spirit as if God's Spirit, the living Spirit of God is an it or a thing, the term is simply Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, because, because Holy Spirit is a person in the Trinity. The second symbol is that of fire. God shows up in fire on the day of Pentecost. When God spoke to Moses in Exodus chapter 3 out of a burning bush, there was fire. When God speaks to Abraham in Genesis 15, there's this boiling cauldron that navigates its way through the divided sacrifice and establishes the covenant with Abraham and the people of God. Both wind and fire convey God's mystery and awesomeness. Third, speaking in other tongues. What does that mean? These, these languages. The God of power and community wishes to communicate himself. He wishes that people not only recognize his power and purity, but they also experience God's power and God's purity within their very own lives. Now, many scholars believe this, that the mention of tongues as a gift of the Spirit of God, which happens in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, is a reference to a special prayer language that is gifted to them for the edification of an individual believer. But what we know and understand in Acts chapter 2 is that this is a supernatural gift of tongues on 120 people uh, that allowed them to speak in readily understood languages to the people who traveled to Jerusalem for this Pentecost festival. See, Greek or Aramaic would have done, would have gotten the job done halfway decently, but God didn't want people to sort of kind of get God talk. God wanted them to understand the wonders and glories of God in a language that spoke to the depths of their heart and their soul and their spirit. Now, whether the miracle was on the lips of the speaker or on the ears of the hearer, it's all good. And here's how people responded. Well, they were bewildered, they were amazed, they were perplexed, and specifically for some, they were cynical and dismissive. Specifically for others, they had serious interest. Okay, for you, this is your day not to be dismissive of the Holy Spirit. This is your day to embrace the power, the purity, the wonders of whatever it is that God wishes to speak and do and work in your life. Find the voice of the Spirit of God and begin to speak wonders and glories into the lives of others. Now, there's a language that my wife, Terry, and her family speak. It is a landscaper language. I don't always get landscaper language. I kind of hang along for the ride. Here's a little conversation Terry and I had about that. All right, for years, my dear, I have thought your, your landscaping family has used a language that I don't understand. I think you make the name up for things. You call it a, a, a whatchamacallit widget tree, <laughs> a, a, a cowlick plant. Uh, and I just think you're making stuff up and I, I feel, and then, and then I look things up and it's like, oh, that, there's a scientific name for it. And then there's kind of a, a slang name for it. But what, what grow, what groweth in our garden? All right. In our garden, we have a Nishiki willow tree. Nishiki willow. Nishiki willow tree. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. And we also have some geraniums 
and we have petunias. And those so, are really common. So those you sound know like real names. Those. I just yeah. don't know what's yeah, you what. Know but about those, those. those sound like real things. We also have the yellow ones back here are the Gerber daisies. And you see the Gerber daisies there? Hello. And then as we walk on down here, we have some things that I did not plant in my garden. Jim had a bird feeder sitting up here and the birds knocked out a bunch of sunflower seeds and they're all over the floor. And so now I have, have lots of sunflowers growing in my garden, all which that? I will move because I don't want all them those? in my garden. Yes, all those, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> and as we move on further down the road here, I have iris, these big tall ones. Some of my most favorite ones are peonies. Okay. Right behind that. Well, see, okay, peonies, iris, those sound like real uh -huh. things. But uh, what's, you, you, you talk this language with your father and your mother, and there, there's these oh, yes. names of things. Yes. I grew up with a landscaper, and so he kind of knows the um, scientific name for many of these plants, and then there's a common name usually. So in Montana, there were a lot of Eliagnus augustifolium, and that was the Russian olive trees. And those are the kinds of things that when we start talking that language, Jim just, oh, you're making that up. And then he'll sit there on his phone and look it up. Oh, they're not making it up. It's real. <laughs> well, I, I'm, learning the, I'm learning the landscaper language and I've, we have a Nishiki willow tree. Uh-huh. Got that. Even if you don't understand everything you think you want to about the things of God, it doesn't mean that God can't grow deep and real in your life. The, the beauty of God's truth is, is simple that anybody can grasp it. And also the beauty of God's truth that it is so deep that you'll spend a lifetime unwrapping the, the significance of, of the Holy Spirit's work, God's work in your life. So, the fire, the wind, the known languages are being spoken. How are you going to find your voice? Uh, you know, for me, there's a variety of things that I would give testimony to that God was able to speak into my life. Uh, athletics was one that, that when people would make athletic remarks and connect them to the Word of God, I go, oh, I get that, yeah, I, I get that. Uh, academics is another one. That, that may work for you and you might find your voice in that. There's some intellectual, philosophical evidences for the resurrection of Jesus, you know, for a divine uh, creator and you <clears throat> can press into that. Some of you need to really read deeply and study and think and that's gonna speak to you. I can remember reading Josh McDowell and C.S. Lewis and Ravi Zacharias and these great apologists. Uh, for others, it's going to be the arts. I am so non-musical, it's not even funny, but it would be songs by DeGarmo and Key, Petra. Uh, it, it, would be, it would be people in the life of the church that I grew up who exercised the gift of their musicianship. And so whether it's these professionals or whether it's the, the, the Levitical workers in the life of a local church, I want to commend you to find your Holy Spirit voice where you can speak the wonders and glories of God in a language that many people will get and understand. My friend Enrique, who is a Spanish speaker 
that it is his, his native tongue. And he is also a really good English speaker. He says, there's something about hearing the Word of God in your own language. He goes, and I, and I get it. I can dig it in English, but, but if you put the music with a little bit of a salsa, boom, it really speaks to my heart. My daughter, Erin, is one of the majors that she is pursuing it at her university is that of a Spanish. She is immersing herself not only in the language of uh, the, the Spanish language, but in, in the cultural dynamics as well, so she can communicate to people in that voice and in that language. Friends, don't be dismissive of Holy Spirit. Embrace what Holy Spirit has for you. And one of those is the voice of declaring the wonders and glories of God in a language that people get and understand. Here are the roles of the Holy Spirit in our life. Comforter, receive God's comfort as you need it. Counselor, receive God's counselor. Conviction, receive the conviction of the Holy Spirit as you need. Here's the transformative process of the Holy Spirit that we are to take up spiritual armor. Spiritual armor will protect you. Dig in to the book of Ephesians and find out specifically what God's spiritual armor is. Spiritual fruit. Dig into the book of Galatians and discover when you get hard pressed, what does spiritual fruit look like in your life? Spiritual gifts. Dig into 1 Corinthians 12 and discover the spiritual giftings that God desires to do in your life. Are you missing out? Do you got spirit? Yeah, you do. Don't miss out on the spirit of God in your life. Spectating? Yes. God wants you to spectate and witness the things that Holy Spirit does. Communicating? Yes. God wants you to speak the wonders and glories of what the Spirit of God is doing and participating in the depths of your life. God wants you to do that as well. well we're going to take a little time. I'm going to talk to Pastor Chris and ask him about how God has reached him in a language that he specifically has understood. But also, we're going to tell you a little something where God is leading our church family to go next in us declaring the wonders and glories of God to the people that God is putting in our path. All right, Chris, what was the language that the wonders and glories of God were spoken into your life? That's a great question. Uh, so for me, it was the language of friendship. And uh, specifically for a kid that was the short, stinky, stupid kid in high school and middle school that didn't have a lot of friends. When, when I heard that Jesus is our friend and when then when people became my friend because of their friendship with Jesus. And then in, in John chapter 15 where it says, says, I call you friend. Those, that spoke to me in a way that transformed my life because uh, I needed that. That's a, that's a great language. All right. So you speak some language as well that resonate with people. What, what's a language you go, yeah, I, I, I speak this one well that, that the yeah. Holy Spirit works through. I, I, think, I think that it would be, I speak to the heady analytical types pretty well that, that, that want to dive into some, some truth and figure out what Scripture says. And I really enjoy that. I enjoy diving into apologetics and philosophy and, and different things like that and really trying to track the consistency of Scripture and speak to people about in ways that can make their, uh, their leap of faith towards Jesus a much smaller leap than their leap away from Jesus. I like that. Okay, so we get to do something as a church family 
that we've been talking and praying about for years. And even at a time such as this, we know that God's made this direction for us. Life stream. As a church family, we tend to speak a language that, that resonates with a lot mm -hmm. of people. They go, I understand how God wants to, to be God in my life yeah. because Livestream is a group of people who live and share the story of God. All right, we've been talking campus for years and praying through that. And Pastor Chris, our board has decided, is going to lead that venture for us. Uh, and we're going to do that. Now, the timing, we thought we knew when. Well, that's up in the air right now. But we know that we're going to do a campus. Pastor Chris is going to lead the way. Others are going to join in. And where's your heart in on this, Chris? I am super excited about this. Uh, Lifestream is an amazing church. And, and, and being able to have an atmosphere and a place where people can connect with each other, can connect with Christ, is, is just unbelievable. And we have been uh, endeavoring for a long time now to reach our community. And what does that look like? Well, we've, we've done everything. We've done a lot of great stuff. We've taken a lot of steps towards uh, engaging in Coopersville and Jenison and Standale and the areas around us. But the reality is, is that there's a lid and I can't wait for mm -hmm. us to figure out a next tool that can get past that lid and go someplace where people can invite yeah. their friends and family and neighbors. Our, our thought is, we'll, tell, we'll, we'll talk more about this. We need you to pray about this uh, live teaching campus. And our thought is, it's gonna be in the Walker area. Yeah. Uh, why Walker? Why that we, area? We had several areas over the years. There's been, there's been several areas around this, this area that we've, uh, we've had a heart for. And, uh, and I spent some time back in the fall just driving and praying through different zones. And I drove through the Three Mile and Alpine area, and that was where God just stirred my heart that there is such an interesting area there that we could reach people. For one, it, it's close to everything. Like, like people go there. So if you work in Grand Rapids and you work with somebody across a cubicle or a factory, whatever, or, or whatever, you could invite somebody to a walker area and they could drive there in 15 minutes. There's a good chance. Uh, there's, there's just such a breadth of diversity as far as social, economic, and different things going on in that area. And it's just, I think it's a, a fertile ground, a place that, that God really is calling us to, to be present. God will help us figure out the timing. God's going to place this on the hearts of certain people to, to fully dive in. Others of us, it's going to be something that we're excited about, interested in, hear about. But I tell you, God, God is in it. God's in the timing. We're, we're ready. The whole DNA factor of our church is saying uh, you need to share this. You, you need to launch out. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Will you pray yeah. to, to really wrap up, you know, the teaching time in regards to the spirit falling on mm -hmm. us, but also in regards to where God's leading? Yeah. Thanks. Let's pray. Father God, we give you thanks for... Uh, for, for this Sunday especially, that when we're talking about Pentecost, we're talking about the church being birthed, or we know that, that through birthing churches, we reach so many, and you did it first. <laughs> and Lord, we pray that we can speak a language that, that connects to people, that shares the gospel of Christ in a way that they can hear it and understand it, in a way that is true to what it is, and in a way that is transformative in their lives and in their eternity. Lord, we give you thanks for being a God that calls us, a God that calls us to do things 
that, that we would have never thought of on our own and step out in ways that are just amazing. And Lord, we thank you for being a God that not only calls us, but you equip us to do exactly what you call us. We love you, God. Amen.